0: Welcome to Opinionated and Enlightened with your girl Moon Goddess B on the show for spiritual beings learning to navigate this human experience and where we discuss all things concerning life, love, relationships, sex, and spirituality. If you understand that spirituality is not just a simplistic, one-size-fits-all notion, you understand that it's not just tarot, crystals, and other tools of divination, that it's also healing, empowerment, relationships, and sex, then you are in the perfect place. So let's get into it. Hey y'all, welcome. So today's episode is... hmm probably going to be a little intense for me, Um, so a common question that I get is like, so what is a Moon Goddess anyway? What does your name mean? Where did it come from? How did you receive it? And I really wanted to get into that today just to give you some more information just about who I am and who it is that you're listening to. For those of you who do not already know me, if you're not following the Opinionated and Enlightened Facebook page and um, Instagram pages. But even going a little bit further than followers have probably ever heard me go, simply because while I am a very open book when it comes to what I want to be open about, I am very um, guarded when it comes to my personal belief systems, only because they don't traditionally follow anything. Um, I purely move as I feel led. And in episode zero, we did a brief introduction into me and what the podcast would be about. But as I said, I'm just receiving more and more questions about my spiritual journey and about my awakening. So I want to get more in depth into that and i am not gonna lie i've been putting this episode off for like a couple of weeks now i knew i was gonna need to do it um but i just played my spiritual hand close to my chest because i find that easier and when i went to my guides about this episode they kind of laughed at me and was like girl ain't shit about your human experience or your soul's journey ever been easy Um, I've always understood that as a healer, it's my calling to kind of endure and overcome so that I can provide a healing from a perspective of experience. That's always been really important to me. And I know when I say that, people sometimes say that it sounds sacrificial. Um, And it used to feel that way. I was not happy when I found out that this was the type of healer that my universal requires me to be. But once I accepted it and moved through my initial shadow work and inner child healing, it all became easier and just began to make sense to me. So with that in mind, the first thing that I think about clarifying is the B in my name, the moon goddess B. Since my given name is Brenda, most people assume that that's what it means, but it doesn't. Even telling this story kind of reminds me that there wouldn't be a need for that kind of confusion if I had the name that my father wanted to give me, which was Glenda June. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine me walking around here and and that's no hate. Anybody whose name might be Glenda June. But when my mother told me that that's what he wanted to name me, I was like, well, thank you, ma'am. And instead, I was named for my Aunt Brenda, who passed away at a very young age. But... My father was a Baptist pastor. My mother was not. Um, (laughs) Throughout most of my childhood, I was, I lived with my mother for the most part. I was mostly raised by my grandmommy, who was my paternal grandmother. I spent a lot of time with her, as much time as I possibly could, just because my home life At my mother's home was not that great. Um, I'm trying to decide how much I want to go into about that. I want to preface all of this by saying um, I have an amazing relationship with my mother today. She's actually one of my closest friends. I would have to say that. And she's like my guru in all things. (laughs) We We talk every single day and have since repaired the issues that we had. One of the realizations that I had to receive from that is my mother was young. My parents were young when they had me. I believe my mother was 18. So my father was probably like 19 or 20. And yeah, they were very, very, very young. So my experiences with them reflected what a lot of people's experiences may have been if they had young parents and this was in the 80s so I often think about how I'm blessed because my parents were not drug addicts um that was not their issue that wasn't their problem they just were not ready to be parents and that was very apparent I had two younger siblings with my mother and then my father and his wife I have three uh brothers there so Again, I spent most of my time with my mother, and I became a mother at a very young age. I was fourteen when I got pregnant with my son. Um, due to some issues in the home, we decided it would best it would be best for me to move out. So I moved out, and ultimately, my younger siblings ended up staying with me as well. So I was pretty young, and parenting not just my own child, who I had had but also my brothers and my sisters as well. And in that, my father decided, we had a conversation and he pretty much decided that he didn't want, I always tell people he disowned me. He never used that word, but we were never remotely close. Like we didn't talk, we didn't have conversations. Uh, When we became friends on Facebook, I would message him, he wouldn't respond. It was just a very interesting dynamic. Um, I think my father and I got closer after he passed away, which probably wouldn't make no sense to uh, uh, the standard people. Um, But most of y'all will probably understand. He came to me after he passed away and we had a whole conversation. And I mean, now he's elite you know what I mean, on my spirit team, which is amazing and it's great. So we have a really good relationship now and I appreciate that. So I'm just really glad that my relationship with my parents have ultimately kind of done a complete 180 and they're totally different now. Um, my grandmommy I can't say enough good things about that lady. So don't even get me started because I'll get emotional. But let's just say I am so grateful for her just to have had that safe haven because I understand that lots of children do not like they don't have extended family and they don't have people who they can go to and who make sure that they are cared for in the necessary way when their parents fall short or are unable or unwilling to. So I've always been grateful for her. But anyway, I just went off on a tangent. I wasn't even about to go out there, but the B is not for Brenda. <laughs> it stands for Baluwatife, which in the Yoruba language means as God wishes or one who follows the will of God. Um, I understood the depth of the work that I'm called to do. I knew that it was perfect for me, so I went to my guides and requested permission to use it and was given the okay, but we'll get into the details of that as I progress with this episode. So yeah, Moon Goddess B, and the B is not for Brenda. It is as God wishes, because I always work hard to identify the will of the divine before I make major decisions and sometimes minor decisions, but that's just been my way since my awakening, and it hasn't steered me wrong yet. In episode one, I talked just a bit about my awakening. So I'll just recap here. If you want to go check out um, episode one, that's fine. But we'll get into, into a little bit of, of it here as well. For me, my awakening manifested as an illness. Like a long two-year bout with an unexplainable illness that doctors could not identify the reason for. Um In episode zero, I talked about moving away to a place where I knew no one. So I became ill when I moved to North Carolina. I moved to North Carolina because I had built a life here in my hometown that made me the go-to for everyone. I was completely overwhelmed. I was... I was what I call in my book. If you have not checked out my book, you can check that out on YouTube. It's free. It's a free audiobook. You can listen to it. Or you can purchase it on Amazon. But why purchase it when you can listen to it for free? Film me? Okay. But anyway, <laughs> um uh I call that era of my life doormat Brenda. I have been so like as a child, I have been so angry. I have been so destructive, like personally destructive. Not really a bad kid, just angry. And I came into what was likely what I now know as what was trying to drive me to my awakening. But anyway, I call that era of my life doormat, Brenda, because there was nothing that I would not do for the people who I loved and care about. I could have $20 to my name. And if somebody I loved called me and asked me for $20, I would give it to them knowing that I needed that $20 to do something for myself or my children. Like, it was just stupid, like, ridiculous. I can't call it anything other than stupid. Y'all know. Anyway, don't even get me started. But I had created that type of energy around me, which meant that the people who were around me while I'm sure that there were some people who took advantage of that part of me, there were some people who were just used to it. And I don't think that they necessarily meant any malice. I just kind of made it so that I had become that go-to person. So I was the person that everyone came to. And I thought that the only answer to that was to get away and go where I did not know anybody. So I picked up my kids. Oh, I had a conversation with them first. And they were like, oh yeah, we want to move. We want to go. So we moved to North Carolina, not knowing anyone, and that was one of the first instances that I can speak of that w- where I made the right decision for the wrong reason. Like, I think I was supposed to go to North Carolina. I think that there were things that I was supposed to experience there um, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, but what I was really doing, and when I look back on it, was trying to run away. From my problems, and y'all know that never works, so during this time in North Carolina, I began to feel ill, I was having many strokes, I was passing out I was I can't even remember what all it was like tingling sensations in different parts of my body, different limbs. And I was afraid. I was really scared. I'm like, here I am in this place. I have my kids with me. And if something happens to me, they don't have help. They don't have support in addition to my illness, because I was going to tough that out because at that time I was just one of them people toughing out stuff that you don't have to tough out, but that might be a whole other episode. Anyway, (laughs) um, I was just going to tough that out. But then my children started to express their unhappiness, the fact that they missed family, the fact that they wanted to leave. Except for my son, he wanted to stay there, but he was getting into all kinds of trouble. So, he really they really made the decision for me to return home. Um, so I returned home and started getting whatever medical help that I needed again, really 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 believing that this was a physical issue that I was having like, oh, why is all this bad stuff happened to me? I left home and now I got to come back home and what are people going to think? And kind of that whole thing. It was ridiculous. Like as y'all can see, I was a totally different person than, than I, than I am now, but I was definitely running from the world that I had created. So universal law was sending me back to clear this hurdle to avoid experiencing, uh, uh, to avoid experiencing that again. So when I moved back, Um, I was really, I believe it was my illness that took me, well, in the flesh, in my human experience, it was the illness that took me kind of back to church. As I told y'all, my father was a Baptist pastor with his behavior. I had left the church years ago, but being sick, feeling like you're about to die and not knowing why will definitely lead you to seeking a higher power to be like. And for me, it wasn't, hey, if I start going to church, then maybe God will save me. It wasn't that. It was like, no, I really need to get to know God. I really need to get to know exactly what's going to happen to me when I'm not here anymore and develop a relationship Um, with source. So when I moved back, I was called to an amazing church and organization with a dope teacher as a pastor. And I realized that that's what was important for me. That was what I needed when it came to church. It was a very small church. As I said, the pastor was amazing, but the best thing was that at his core, he was a teacher. He was truly teaching um, the word as they believed it to be. And I loved it there. Um, it became a super, well, I became super ingrained in kind of the church experience and the church life. And joined the choir, became very active, um, helped to present some workshops on emotionally healthy spirituality. Because y'all know no matter where I go, I'm going to heal somebody in the way that I know how. <laughs> and just really loved it there. Developed a true sense of family. And to this very day, I'm just super grateful to that pastor and his family and his congregation because that was the experience that taught me that church does not have to be what I had experienced in my childhood. Church does not have to be um, judgment and condemnation and all of the things that, as I said, I had experienced in my childhood when it came to church. So, They had such an impact on me that I decided to become ordained. I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead. Well, I didn't decide. I felt like I was called. We had a conversation with the, well, I had a conversation with the pastor We discussed it, and he was like, you know, you're a natural teacher as well. I believe that you should start teaching the word. Like, have you ever felt this call? And we had conversations about my previous life experiences and what I have been through. And he was like, I think it's time for you to honor your calling. And I completely agreed. Um, So I'm scheduled for this ordination, and I want to say two days before my ordination was scheduled, COVID broke out and everything shut down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so my mom often laughs and jokes. And she's like, you're trying to tell me that God gave the whole world a global pandemic just so you wouldn't become ordained. And I'm not so vain as to think something like that. But I do know that it's my place to be a huge compromise. A contribution in sort of the advancement of spirituality and the understanding and the healing and the growth that people are meant to experience. And I do believe that the divine knew that had I become ordained, because I'm one of those people who feel like everything I do, I'm going to do it top notch, top tier, a hundred percent, I would have gotten so Um, ingratiated in that belief system that I never, it would have felt disloyal for me to step outside of it and start researching other things. So I don't know, call it arrogant, call it what you want to call it. But I truly believe that this is why this happened at my point in my life. And I believe that there are lots of reasons for COVID um, that were pertaining to spiritual awakenings, but that's probably A whole totally separate episode that I don't even know if I'm going to ever do. I don't think I am, but let me know if y'all are interested. (laughs) But church was out and now I had time to kind of research, pray and meditate and something just didn't feel right. Like something was missing and I was determined to find out what that was. I had no remaining disdain for the church. That was all clear. But I also couldn't unequivocally say that I believed 100% in what I was learning. Those missing pieces were an issue for me, like a huge issue for me. And of course, a huge red flag. So I began to research. I began to study. I read the Bible again, I read the Quran again, I read what people call the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is really called the Book of Coming Forth by Day or Emerging Forth by the Light or Into the Light, but I hate that they renamed it. Okay, anyway, but I read that, and I also read all kinds of spirituality books written by a whole bunch of authors, some of the books that I still read to this day, Um, but they are... Even some of them are a core part of my coaching curriculum, now that I think about it. But anyway, I found home in African spirituality. Um, I had my Ancestry DNA test done. And yes, I know spirituality is like, I mean, African spirituality is a very broad term, but I'm going to get specific, just chillax. I had my Ancestry DNA test done. And yes, I also know that there are lots of thoughts and beliefs about those and whether or not they're accurate or not. Um, It served more of a divine purpose for me, and I know now for a fact that mine was accurate, so do with that as you may. Anyway, I was immediately drawn to the Yoruba people and Ifa. Um, However, that didn't quite grasp the full scope of my personal knowing after having drawn so many personal and soul conclusions on my own. So I never fully committed to the practice of Ifa, but the teachings were like literally everything for me. I was obsessed um with at least learning about the Orisha and all things related to Ifa. I became determined to experience this thing called that they called Iwa Pele. Um Iwa means character and don't judge me about like my accent. I don't got no African accent but I'm just saying it how I feel like they would say it. So don't judge me. Um <laughs> so <laughs> Y'all know I'm silly. But um, Iwa means character, uh, which is connected strongly to our ori, our head. um, Higher inner subconscious mind kind of deal. So Iwa Pele is good character. And this is what guides us in our lifetime. Um, The Yoruba Ifa culture um, teaches people... And really strongly believes that it's good character that guides one to their success in life. So that will be the thing that will even protect us when we are in danger. So if you listened to the last episode that was all about karma, this likely sounds familiar to you. I often tell people, like, we're, a lot of us are saying the same thing. We're just using different words, and that's okay. But anyway, one night I had a dream about Yamoja. And young men are like Yamaya, Imaja, uh, but Yamoja, I won't exactly provide the details of the dream because I really believe that I'm supposed to keep that memory for myself, but it changed me and it really activated me. And after that, I just started receiving download after download and I did a lot of journaling in those days. I still like really enjoy looking back on those journals, and that's kind of always been my thing but even that was changed and more often than not i was receiving channeled messages and guidance via my journaling i also once i had that dream decided it was important for me to really start researching Yamoja and I learned all about mamiwata and her many names across many belief systems having always been drawn to water and being a Pisces son made the connection just feel right um, while I revere all 401 I know that some of the oral traditions speak to 700 and even 1400 orisha and um, to include the main ones that most people discuss, Yamoja has always blessed me with her Ashe, which got me to thinking when it came time for me to choose a new name for myself. So Yamoja governs all of the oceans and seas and since I've always been a moon child, that was just another piece of the puzzle for me. I thought like she moves the water, but here on earth, that same water is moved by the moon. It's controlled by the moon. So coupled with my knowledge of my own divine feminine energy, I knew that I was nothing less than a goddess. So with the power of her Ashe, I was transformed into moon goddess B or moon goddess Baluatife, uh, moon goddess as God wishes, or moon goddess who follows the will of God, or in my case, the divine um i went to her and once all of this was established and blessed to me in addition to my ancestor altar and my energy altar i created a separate altar for yemoja and i know that there are lots of debates about what's supposed to go and if I'm allowed to and whether or not I was initiated, but I've always received my messages directly from source and my spirit team. So I govern myself accordingly and I really don't have one specific practice. As I said, mine is unique to me because I move solely on divine guidance and knowing. I do still work with other Orisha, mostly Oya and Shango. But they all turn up in my practice here and there. And again, I know that people won't like that, but y'all know me. I really don't care. Um, My journey is just that. It's mine. And while I know that there are lots of components to spirituality and consciousness and the metaphysical world, my mission is regarding the healing and advancement of souls that have been incarnated on Earth at this time. So that is what I dedicate my practice to. That's what I dedicate my Wisdom to—that's what I dedicate my knowing to. It's so very important to me to just simply be authentic in who I know that the divine. That oh, I got say that three times fast. In who I know that the divine is calling me to be, and staying true to that has always been necessary uh, for me, and it will always remain as such. So. I think that's what made this episode kind of more difficult, just knowing that I know it was a previous episode where we talked about what I perceive to be issues in the spiritual community and how I believe people left um, religion only to be thrust into the throes of more uh, doctrine And I truly believe that our connection with source, our connection to the divine comes from within, that our relationships with her are individual and that they are specific. And again, the premise for this entire podcast, it's no one size fits all notion. So I guess it's just me kind of never belonging in a box and refusing to exist there. So yeah, that was a lot. It was a little emotionally draining for me, but that's okay. Of course, there's more, but I'm good with having revealed this level of information about myself. And it's already more than most people know. So if you were interested, you're welcome. If you weren't, that's fine. Um, Your girl feels lightweight exposed out this piece. But that's all right. I am glad to be able to offer a deeper understanding of myself and my journey. And our next episode will be a breakdown of the most basic psychic abilities. Uh, Most people call them the clairs. So we're going to be talking about clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and claircognizance. I've often heard them interpreted and maybe a little misunderstood. So I just want to offer some clarity on these gifts and how maybe you can advance them. As always, I am sure y'all will let me know what you think, and I look forward to hearing some of your opinionated and enlightened feedback. Alright beloveds, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Opinionated and Enlightened. Share this podcast with a friend as we are all spiritual beings learning to navigate this human experience and here we clearly encourage opinions and enlightenment. Subscribe and rate the podcast via your preferred platform and finally visit Moongoddessbee.com for all of your healing and spiritual navigation needs. On the site you will see that I offer spiritual advisory sessions, tarot readings, coaching, reiki and of course you can contact me there with any questions that you might have i do ask that you allow 48 hours for me to respond so again this is your girl moon goddess b and i look forward to talking to you all next episode